Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit ilovescbc.org. As I was preparing for this new year, the vision for our church, I was reading through scriptures over scriptures, and there was one particular passage especially stood out to me. And I came across this phrase and just really rocked to me, reignited my passion as a servant of God. And I thought to myself, this is what God wants me to share with our congregation for the year of 2019. I was reading through the book of Acts and came to Acts chapter 17. When Paul and Silas went to Thessalonica and went to a Jewish synagogue, there, Paul taught them how the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. And he started to talking to them about Jesus and telling them about how Jesus is fulfilling the story, that he completes the story. And as he was talking with them, many of them started to believe and put their faith in Jesus. And their lives are changed and transformed. Now, some Jews and many God-fearing Greeks, Gentiles, they like them, but then there are other groups, members of synagogue, who had different level of influence to people that they did not. So they came to the city official and brought charge against Paul and Silas. Once they couldn't find the Paul and Silas, they brought Jason, who Paul and his crew staying with. And they brought him before the city council. And what they had pressed charged against him has been stuck with me for a long time. Let's take a look at book of Acts chapter 17 and verse 6. This is what the word of God says. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, listen carefully, this man who have turned the world upside down, who have turned the world upside down, have come here. And I remember that phrase and thought to myself, what would it be like to be a part of congregation, part of community, part of group that turns their city, community, and whole world upside down? What would it be like to be part of a group of people who turn their world upside down? And that started becoming my prayers for this year and the purpose for the ministry at here at SABC. God, that's what I want. I want to be a part of a group of people that turn their world upside down. And from the very beginning, in Thessalonica, people who have converted Christians fearlessly following Jesus Christ despite their challenges and persecutions. And a few years later, Paul writes the letter to the Christians in Thessalonica. And this is what he said. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, where we'll use this verse as our kivers and lay a foundation for the year of 2019. Verse 3 says this. We remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 
This, I believe, is a central concept of what the kingdom of God is built upon. This, I believe, is what it takes to turn the world upside down. Community that has works that's produced by faith. A labor that prompted by love and endurance, patience, perseverance that inspired by hope. What if we were to become a community that lives by faith, that is known by love, and that is a voice of hope? What if we were to become a community that lives by faith, that is known by love, and that is a voice of hope? And that's what we're going to talk about for the next couple of weeks. What would it take for us to become a community that lives by faith, that is known by love, and that is a voice of hope? And today, I want to talk about a subject on faith, and I entitled today's message, How to Live by Faith. How to Live by Faith. I came across a story of a king was willing to offer his daughter in marriage to the brave man who was willing to swim across river filled with crocodiles and other obstacles. The prince was so beautiful. And many young men throughout the kingdom gathered together in hopes of winning her hand in marriage. But one by one, as each young man looked into the body of water and what's in there, Fear overcame them. So no one was willing to take that challenge. And the king said, yes, it will take courage. But more than that, it will also take faith to believe that you can do this. And suddenly splash, a young man into the water swimming ferociously. Wrestling the crocodiles, beating them up, swimming them to the side until finally he reached the other side safe and sound. The crowd cheered and king was impressed. So the king came down to see this young man and said, you have the courage and you also have the faith which is worthy to be my son-in-law. Would you like to meet your new bride now? To which the young man got up and replied, um, sure, but before I do that, I just want to know one thing. Who in the world pushed me into the water? Was that real faith? Was that true courage? Not really. Because true faith is not just a verse to be admired. True faith is not just an outcome. It is an essential part of the Christian life. In fact, the Bible says it is impossible to please God unless you have one thing in your life. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, without faith we cannot please God. Without what? Without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith is so vital to our relationship with God and it is a key element for us as Christians to live by. So let's take a look at and unpack the meaning and definition of faith. And then we'll try to come up with three lessons and three principles that we can live by faith in our lives. 
I hope that we can do that by looking at two different passages. The first one is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 17. And the other one is from the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verses 26 through 33. Romans, chapter 1, verse 17. You find this one of the most famous phrases in the Bible, which is, The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. What does it mean when somebody says the righteous will live by faith? To understand that, uh, I believe that we have to take a look at and find the meaning of these two words. Righteous and faith. First word, righteousness means, simply put, conformity to a standard. Righteousness means conformity to a standard. It's actually drawn from a marketplace in Bible times. When a woman would go into the marketplace, want to purchase a measure of grain, she would go up to the merchant and express her desire that I want to purchase a measure of grain. Then this merchant would push forward his scale, and on one side of the scale, he would pour out what he would think to be a measure of grain. And then, the other side, he would take one measure stone and place it on that side of the scale. And think about that, what happened. Because he's not a computer, and it's not going, it shouldn't be equal. So it should be the one is up, and the other side of pen is down. Then, he'd go like this. You would see maybe need to pour a little bit more grain or take a little bit off until the scales were righteous. Until they were in perfect conformity such that what's on one side of scales equals what's the other side of the scale. And that's what the world righteous, righteousness means. The second word is faith. What does word the faith mean? C.S. Lewis once said about faith in his book, Mere Christianity. And this is what he said. Faith is the art of holding on to things that your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. Faith is the art of holding on to things that your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. According to C.S. Lewis, Faith requires three steps, the mind, the heart, and the will. With the mind, you must know the truth of the gospel. You must know that Jesus Christ, you must know what he has done in your life. With your heart, knowing is one thing, but you must be persuaded of the truthfulness of what he has done in your life. And with your will, you must make the firm commitment of your life. You must take the step of faith and entrust all that you are to the Lord Jesus Christ. Spurgeon put it this way. Faith is the eye that looks to Christ. Faith is the hand that reaches out and grasps Jesus Christ. Faith is the mouth that devours Christ. And faith is the feet that runs to and after Jesus Christ. That's what faith is. 
Then what does living by faith mean? We find out by looking at our second passage today, which is taken from book of Numbers chapter 13. In Numbers 13, Israelites are standing the edge of the promised land. God has miraculously delivered them from slavery, faithfully guided them through the wilderness for 40 years, and now they send 12 spies to spy out the land of Canaan for 40 days. And the spies return with their reports. They've got some good news and bad news. Good news is the land is more incredible than they ever imagined. They describe it as a land flowing milk and honey. But the bad news is this, verse 28. But the people who live there are powerful, and the city are fortified and very large. We even saw a descendant of Anak there. In other words, the cities are indestructible. The peoples are giant. Some of the spies said, we even look like grasshoppers compared to them. And the people started having fear, complaints, saying, let's go back to Egypt. At least we were safe there. So Moses, especially Joshua and Caleb, making a personal plea, passionate plea for their people, saying this, please trust God with a faith that goes beyond. So what do we learn from this story, from the book of Numbers, about living by faith? I want you to see, first of all, living by faith means focusing on the vision instead of the obstacles. Focusing on the vision instead of the obstacles. With the victory just crossed the river from them, Israelite, unfortunately, lost sight of vision, and all they could see were obstacles but Caleb was different numbers 13 and verse 30 says this Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said we should go up and take possessions of the land for we can certainly do it while the Israelite and those Israel peoples were seeing all the obstacles a man of faith a man who lived by faith Caleb was able to see a great number of opportunities. Helen Keller was um, once asked one time, if there's anything worse than being blind. And she said, yes. Having sight, but no vision. Having sight, but no vision. Friends, people who lead by faith focus on the vision instead of the obstacles. Vision is of the ability to see God's presence, God's plan, God's power in spite of the obstacles. What are some obstacles and giants that our church faces uh, to accomplish God-given vision in 2019? What's our vision? To live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope. And some of you were the full of negativity considering all the things that you are not able to do, that obstacles, we do not have enough money. We only have very handful people actually serving. We can't do that. This is what happens when people focus on their obstacles. But let's imagine on the vision side. 
what could have happened if we accomplished this task? Let's envision what that could be. Friends, I believe deeply in my heart that we can make enormous impact all over the city of Somerville, even greater Boston, and even all over the world. In a world where many people have misunderstanding about identity of Jesus Christ. In a world where people are cynical about churches. In a world where people are broken, hurt, beaten, lost their hope. They could come to SBC to be healed, to be loved, to be able to find their hope that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. I dreamed of a church that is leading away and breaking down all racial, social world in our community that is divided. People from all of the world, all of the nations will come and celebrate our oneness and unity in our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, I dream of a church like that. I dream of a church like that. And when I focus on God's presence, when I focus on God's plan, when I focus on God's power, I see the vision in spite of all the obstacles that there are out there. Living by faith first means focusing on God-given vision, not on your obstacles. Second lesson that we learn from Israelite, that living by faith confronts our fear instead of running from them. Living by faith means confronts our fear instead of running from them. I don't think it's wrong for Israel people to have fears. I mean, I would have been afraid to going up against those giants. I would have those fears. But look at verse 32, 33. This is what the Bible says. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephrim there. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same thing to them. We looked the same to them. You see, the problem that Israel people has that they allow their fears to paralyze their faith and they wanted to run away from it. But friends, if you are going to live by faith from God, you got to make sure to confront your fears rather than running from them. Corey Ten Broom, who was once a Holocaust survivor, used to say this. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Let me say one more time. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. What are your fears in your life right now? I'm saying this to you and to me myself. It's okay to have fear. But never, ever allow your fears to paralyze your faith. Bring them into the light, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. And the last lesson, those who live by faith is the one who trusts in God's power instead of their own resources. 
The Israelites forgot all about the power of God, even though they've seen and experienced so many of them. Ten plagues from Egypt, parting the Red Sea, pillars of fire and cloud, water that were coming out of the rock, manna coming down from heaven every day. And all of a sudden, when they were at the edge of the promised land, they forgot all about them. And instead of focusing mighty and sovereign God, they started focusing on their own resources. They started focusing on their own inadequacy. Friends, where have you been putting your trust in? Have you been putting your trust in the resources, everything that you have, your job, your money, power, family, your ability, your talents? But the problem with them, those are all resources. Those are all limited. Those are all temporarily. Putting your total trust in our God, who is the only source, who is eternal, who is never changing, who will be never ceasing. I like to end my sermon. Brothers and sisters, faith is not faith if it doesn't move you to action. Bible said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith doesn't say that I believe God can do this. That's not faith. Faith says, I believe God will do this. Faith isn't faith until you take risk. Faith isn't faith until you act upon it. We begin a great adventure here at SBC in 2019, this new year. And I know from deep down in my heart, without God's vision, without God's presence, without God's plan, without God's power, we will fail. So friends, this year, make sure to take a step of faith. Live your life by faith, not by sight. Put your total focus on God-given vision, not all these obstacles. Make sure to take risk. It's okay to have fear. But never ever allow your fear paralyze your faith. And last of all, make sure to put your total trust in God who is the only source in our life. I believe if we do that, we'll be able to marching and battle against all those giants in our lives, in our church We'll be able to make all this victory and triumph going out and impacting this community. Let them know about who we are because of our faith and love and hope. We'll be able to be known as a community, group of people who turn this whole city, community, and world upside down by the power and grace and mercy of our God. And God's people said, Amen.